you have your Bibles, you can open your Bible in 1 Samuel chapter 24, verses 4 and 7. 1 Samuel chapter 24, verses 4 through 7. That's where we are going to read this morning. How many know that if you are into criminal and CSI uh, kind of, uh, of documentaries or programs, there's a lot of things that have to do with, with judgment and courts. And one of those things is that if they can find the proof needed to justify, uh, basically, most of the cases are murders when they justify whether they kill uh, someone in self-defense or not. And this is the case with a guy that he was killing Buffalo, Buffalo uh, last year. And now the family is demanding answers after the county in Erie, uh, the prosecutors declined to press charges against a guy that stabbed the son of them or their family, uh, family member. He stabbed him. He stabbed uh, 19-year-old Tyler Lewis in the chest. How many times? I really don't know. What really happened? I really don't know. Now, they are saying that this murder was justified. How many know that in court, there are actions that can be justified? There are things that can be justified with the right reasons. Now, in our scripture that we are about to read, David is looking for reasons, excuses, to justify killing Saul. Now, there's going to be times where life is going to give us the reasons. God, uh, life is going to give us struggles where we are going to be in a point in life where we are going to look at the choices that we can make and we are going to have reasons, excuses, and the justification to not do what is right. But if we are going to serve God, those reasons, circumstances, and excuses cannot dictate our personal holiness. And we are going to read in verse 4. Basically, this story is when David went with his men hiding from Saul into a cave, a lowest point in David's life. After killing Goliath, after serving Saul, after defeating 10,000 men. Saul wanted to kill him, and he was hiding in this cave. And this is where the story picks up. And the men of David said to him, Here is the day which the Lord said to you, Behold, I'll give you your enemy into your hand. You shall do to him, and it shall seem good to you. Then David arose stealthily, cut off a corner of Saul's roof, and afterwards... David's heart struck him. Because he had cut off a corner of Saul's robe, he said to the men, The Lord forbids that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed one. To put my hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. So David persuaded his men with these words and did not permit them to attack Saul. Now Saul rose up and left the cave and went on his way. 
Let us pray this morning. God, I come before you, God. I ask you, God, that you will anoint, God, this message, God, that you are, God, the one speaking, God, this morning, God, bringing that, this revelation, God, to our hearts, God, to our minds, God, that you are requesting, God, personal holiness, God, even, God, when nobody, God, is around us, God, that we must do right even when we don't have or when we have the reasons to not do that. I pray in Jesus Christ's name and the church says, amen and amen. Let's talk about the condensed psyche. There's a psyche that rules our hearts, souls, and minds, and that leads us to have no moral standards in this generation. We are condemned by our sinful nature to be disapproved and to feel disapproved. Many times we feel disapproved by ourselves because we know, it, we know ourselves better than no one else. We know what we think. We know what we have done. We know what we have spoke. And because of that, we feel condemned. Many times we are condemned because of others. Perhaps they, uh, you were in an embarrassing situation and they happened to be live in TikTok. They happen to be live in YouTube. They happen to be live in Facebook. I don't think MySpace have a live, but if they did, you probably, we and I probably we were there. The truth is that we are condemned people by nature. The very reason that we uh, are suffering, the very reason that we are dying is because of sin. Sin has this way of bringing condemnation to those that doesn't know God. Somewhere, somehow, there are going to be choices, failures. There are going to be offenses in life, regardless of you being a good person or not. There was a man accused of burning his own, uh, his own house. And when he was being judged in the court and found guilty of arson, he committed suicide right there. He had something in his mouth, and this was cyanide. Basically, something that he poisoned himself, drank water, and he collapsed right there. He was condemned. He knew that he did wrong. In his mind, he couldn't take the consequences of his actions. We are condemned to be anxious and tormented. How many people suffer from depression and anxiety nowadays? I told you the story in Brownsville of this young lady that she went through a, a, a mass shooting. She survived this mass shooting in, in Florida. And she was telling me, I will never step another foot in another store because of this anxiety that she had, this fear in her, in her mind and in her heart. She was having panic attacks every once in a while, even when we were at work, because there was so much people working in that place that she wanted to just go home. People are tormented. And this is the case with Saul. The reason why he wants to kill David, the reason why he's pursuing David, persecuting David, is because he was tormented by an evil spirit. 1 Samuel 16, 14 says, Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, 
and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. The very reason why David was helping Saul it was to just uh, play music and the evil spirit departed. That is a picture of worshiping God, listening to worship music. When you have problems, when you are tormented, when you have the stress of life, and you just sing, praise God through a song, the Spirit of the Lord comfort you and I. Now, the reason of why he was tormented is because he disobeyed God, because he didn't have moral standards, because he didn't have personal holiness. There's time after time where Saul chooses to do his own will. God said, kill everybody in a certain place, including everything they had, burn them down. Yet he killed the men, he kept the woman, and he kept all the possessions. He's saying, God, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to keep what is good. There was a time where the priest needed to be there before they went into battle and make a burning sacrifice or, or kill this, uh, the animals to be sacrificed. Yet he didn't wait. He didn't himself. He said, well, God, I can't wait on you. I got to do this by my own. Time after time. Because of that psyche that we have, we made bad choices, just like Saul. God, I can't wait to have a, a, a wife. I can't wait for you to bring me a, a husband. God, I can't wait for you to bless me. I'm going to hustle out there. Whatever I had to do, sell my blood, sell whatever I had to do. And that psyche takes us nowhere but to be tormented, anxious, and it leads us to have a lack of righteousness without God. And that's exactly what happened to Saul. He was tormented. He wasn't holy. He wasn't right because he wasn't obeying God. That mentality is the one that reigns in this present generation. The lack of moral accountability. Just a couple of weeks ago, they passed a new bill, the SB12 bill. If you don't know about this SB12 bill here in Texas, it's basically relating to restricting certain sexual-oriented performances on public property. Basically, transvestites or uh, transgenders cannot be in public. Now, they are saying, how can you do this? You are targeting transgenders. You are being racist towards them. Standing to what is right, standing for what is right, now is called discriminating. Now is called targeting. They rather show their bodies. They rather be sexually immoral than being right, than being holy. And this is what it does. This mentality is what causes to have a lack of righteousness. Mark 10, 18 says, Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? For no one is good except for God alone. Let me repeat that again. No one is good. It said for God alone. No one, we are, we all fall short of God's grace. Doesn't matter how many titles you have. It doesn't matter how many, uh, how much money you have in your account. How many uh, 
prizes men and women will give you, or being a good person, or being a, a charitable person, giving out money. Perhaps you gave money to someone in the street, and now you feel good. And that's good to give money, to help someone. But that doesn't make you righteous. That doesn't make you righteous. It doesn't matter how many things, good things you do. If you're not obeying God, then you're not right. Immorality reigns in our life, in our mind, in our heart. And that's where envy, bitterness, anger, hatred, jealousy, pride, that's when it takes over. Exactly what happened to Saul. He was a man anointed by God to be king of Israel, to be king of Judah. Yet he lacked pride, bitterness, Hatred, hating David with all his heart. We have these men that he says, David, you are my best man. You are the best warrior that I have. He defeated Goliath once done. He had a thousands of men and no one were brave enough to face the giant where David did. No one was brave enough to defeat 10,000 soldiers. David did. No one perhaps was brave enough to marry his own daughter. But David did. David married Saul's daughter. He served Saul. He served his army. He killed. He gave him victory after victory to Saul. Yet jealousy, hatred, pride came to his heart. And he started persecuting him. He hated so much that he just pushed him away out of the land. In Saul's heart, there was lawlessness. There was a lack of respect towards authority, towards God, a lack of reverence towards God. And this is the generation that we live in, a generation without reverence towards God. We might be having services right now. Next door, they're having services, worshiping something else. They are doing perhaps sacrifices or perhaps they are doing rituals to get happiness, to get money, to get prosperity, to get protection. I talked to one of these guys and I, I asked him, what is that big stone that you have in your, in your necklace? He says, this is for protection. I ask him, how much you pay? He's like, $1,500. You and I, we have protection from free, from God. We don't have to be going all over the place, finding a stone to feel protected. We can be protected in our home. We can be protected in the deadliest places if we are serving God. For the price of nothing. You don't have to pay anything. You just have to give your life to Christ. You just have to surrender your will to him. And that protection should be yours. And this is where Saul falls short of God's grace. He wanted more. He wanted his name, his kingdom to be to build up. And this reason took him to be unrighteous, 
and to kill the one that got, or to try to kill David, the one that got anointed. Two persons, two different persons. Saul wanted to kill no matter who and who and why or how or where. If he was in his way, he was going to kill him. He knew that God anointed David as the new king. And as soon as he passed away, he was the new king. But he saw David as an obstacle. There's these men that had all the reasons to kill Saul, yet he didn't do it. There's a mentality, there's a response that we can have and that now we have nowadays, a vindicated response. That if we have the right reasons, if we have the right excuses, if we, are, uh, we have the right motives to do something, then we are justified. Like in the courts, well, this murder was justified. He had the right reason. He was suffering. He was under condemnation. He was under uh, this uh, bully or whatever the case is. This is the mentality that David couldn't have at that moment. God, this is you putting Saul in my way. And the Bible said that his men told him, David, this is the moment, this is the promise that God gave you, that you are going to be king. God anointed you as a king. This is the opportunity to be the king. And there's going to be reasons and situations in life where we are going to have reasons to do what is not right. And the devil's going to use that as an excuse. You are in pain. Smoke a little bit. Get the green grass, smoke it. You are tormented. You are suffering. Smoke a little bit. You are not happy. Smoke. Your marriage is not right. Just get divorced. It's okay. It's okay to have failures. It's okay to start all over again. Go to another place. Run away. David had an excuse. People were supporting him. And place after place or time after time, we are going to be in the same place where we are going to have the right reasons. Perhaps someone offended you. Perhaps there was a reason to counterattack, to have vengeance, to not turn the other cheek. We have reasons. It's okay to lie. It's okay to lie in your taxes. You can put your dog, your grandma, your uncle, even if they are in another place. You're going to have the right reasons to not do the right thing. You are going to have the right reasons to defend yourself, perhaps. David had the right reasons. He was persecuted. How many know that it's really bad when your father-in-law is trying to kill you? Now, you know that that's the lowest point. That the father-in-law is trying to kill him and that he has no one, he has no house, he's in a cave, he is depressed, he's oppressed. A lot of the chapters of Psalms were, were written when he was in the cave. God, you have forsaken me. I can remember what Psalm he said, but he's saying, God, you have forsaken me. Where are you? He was running away. 
from town to town, even to the point of going into the enemy's camp. You know that it's really, really bad when now you're seeking help for those that try to harm you as well. And that's where David was. It's easy to take matters into our hands when we have the right reasons. It's easy to do wrong when everything is going south, when everything is not going right for us, when our finances are not there, when our marriage is collapsing, when our pain is killing us. We have the right reasons to run away. We have the right reasons to not face the consequences, to find a way to avoid the consequences. It's easy to keep or to not keep your heart right when everything is not going good for you. David was there in the cave with his men, without his family, without his home, without protection. He probably felt unprotected. He probably felt that his situation wasn't going or progressing anymore. Yet he did not kill him. He decided to adopt holiness right there where nobody was watching, where no one was looking. He was acting. He was fighting. He was killing people on the battlefield where everybody was looking at him. When everybody was looking at what he was going to do, waiting for him to do a move. Now he was in a cave where no one was looking, where no one was praising him. Just his men running away as well for their life. And he decided to do what is right. He could justify himself. He could say, well, he was killing me. He threw the first punch. He pursued me or persecuted me to a cave, trying to kill me and my men. David was not at fault. David did nothing to cause or provoke Saul's hatred. He was just serving God. He was just doing what God anointed him and promised him to do. Time after time, we are going to be there. We are going to be serving God, tithing, offering under authority, and offenses are going to come. Time after time, you're going to be offended. Jesus says, or Jesus never promised us to not be offended. As a matter of fact, he said, if they persecute me, they are going to persecute you as well. But time after time, we feel that God is not with us because we are offended. Because there's probably situations where miscommunications can happen, where uh, situations will level up the, the heat of the moment and things can be said because we are humans. We are humans. I can tell you that Brownsville, for me and my family, it was a moment where we couldn't have the right reasons, the right motives, the excuses to not, do, to not be right. The devil pushed you to a place where everything goes wrong for one reason, to make you not do right. And that's exactly what happened to David. In a cave, without the protection that he used to have, without the support that he used to have. Now, facing Saul, his men are telling him, kill him, this is your opportunity. 
our problems are going to be banished. You kill Sao, we can go back home. We can go back to our families. We can go back and you are going to be king and we are going to support you. Yet he said, no. God forbids that I touch the anointed. When people are not supporting you, how are you going to respond? When authority, perhaps you feel that has offended you, how are you going to respond? When things are going wrong, how are you going to respond? We might have this mentality that we are vindicated to do the wrong thing, vindicated to react the way that we react, to curse out people. You got in my way in traffic. Perhaps they uh, did something to your kids. Perhaps they stole something from you. Now we feel that we are in our right to attack them. Can you say road rage? I remember a time where I was working as uh, installing tile and there was this contractor that, they, that he didn't pay me for a week, me and another guy. Now, I was responsible to pay the other guy. And since he didn't pay me, this other guy, he was mad. He told me, hey, let's go, let's go find him. So we went to the job where we worked. And so I thought we were just going to look into the, for, for the guy to look for him to get us paid. But he went straight to where we were, we were working. And he started destroying everything. He got a hammer and smashed everything. I told him, what are you doing? Like, people are here. So I tried to get him out of it, but he didn't listen. Now, obviously, I was going to be uh, in charge of that. It resulted that this guy never appeared, so the consequences were not there. I really don't know what happened to the contractor. I don't know if he ran away. I don't know if he got fired. I don't know anything. He never answered my phone calls. But there are places where we can feel that we are in our right to destroy things because they did us wrong. That we are to take payback because people did us wrong. Now we can get even counterattack, or we can call it karma. Well, it's just karma. No, it's not karma. It's Carmen beating up the other lady. There's no reason to react unholy, even if we do have the reasons to do so. People say it's okay to get divorced. You don't feel love. You don't feel anything anymore. It's okay to destroy property. You don't get paid. It's okay to disobey and criticize authority. You don't agree with it. It's okay to gossip about people. You have the right reasons. The reality is that we are, even if we are justified, we are to be righteous. We are to be holy. David chose to be holy. His personal holiness. He said, no, this man is over me. He, ha he has authority over me. God anointed him and appointed him as my leader. Even if he's trying to kill me, I'm going to honor him. That holiness 
is what anointed David and exalted David to eventually be a king and had favor with God. Even to the point where God said, this man has a heart after God's own heart. Holiness is what is going to give us a heart after God's own heart. Doing what is right when you even have the reasons not to do so. I can tell you, I was facing struggles financially in Brownsville. I had no job. I had no uh, people were coming slowly. I didn't see the progress that I wanted to see. And I had the right reasons. Even uh, to the point where a guy offered me a job as a youth pastor. He said, hey, my father-in-law is a pastor. I can help you in the weekends. I can ask him to give you a job. I could say, let's go. This is what I want. That's what I want. I want to preach to people. My pastor will never know. He's in Houston and I'm in Brownsville, 300 miles. He will never know. Yet, I decided to do what was right. David did what was right because God told him and appointed him as a king. He couldn't take his, uh, these things into his own hands and be in the destiny that he always wanted. But he said, no, 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 this is not, this is not right. God forbids that I touch the anointed one. And we can feel like that very uh, many times in life where we don't feel accepted or we feel that people aren't offending us by the way they look at us, by the way they look at your kids, the way they look at your wife, your husband, the things that they say. The truth is that people are going to speak no matter what. The truth is that people are going to say things. I told you the time that I went to follow up on a couple and the guy was cussing me out. He was calling me, oh, this pee, 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 pee. And afterwards he said, let's go eat. I could have said, you know what, forget these people. God, send out fire. But I did what was right. Because the goal always been and has continued and it's supposed to continue to be redemption. David said, God, I don't care if I had the opportunity. I'm going to do right because you are the judge and you are going to bring your will in this situation. Eventually, Saul died in, in a battle and David became king. His hands were not filled with blood because he did right. He could have killed him right there and nobody will know or will know, but he did not do it. Holiness is basically us, and holiness is basically what's going to help us keep our heart right. When people are talking against you, even if they don't have the right reasons, you can keep your heart right because you are keeping your personal holiness. Staying right when things don't go the right way. Staying right regardless of the reasons that you might have. Staying right regardless of the outcome of your problems, regardless that your, uh, that your boss might be a bully, that your boss is a wicked man, you still got to be under authority. Why? Because he pays you and he can 
he can just kick you out. But through that, God honors holiness. God honors. And this is where God honored David and his men. To the point that he blessed David. He built him to be the king, the great king that he was. His house was blessed because of it. His son, first generation, second generation, even to the point that he was in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Holiness will help you keep your, right, your heart right. Will help you be right and righteous. And holiness is basically being separated for God. Saul said, God, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do my will. David said, God, I'll be separated for you. I want to do what you want me to do, God. You don't want me to kill Saul. I won't kill him. I want to be right, God. Christ had gave his life for us, even when we were sinners. We are easier. We tend to seek for judgment on wicked people instead of seeking Salvation and redemption. Let's not forget that we fall short of our grace, or God's grace, I'm sorry. We fall short. We all make mistakes. We at one point or another made bad decisions, talk about people, uh, perhaps even fall into sin. Let's not forget about that. But it's easy to judge people when, not, when they're not right, when they are sinning. It's easy to say, God, kill him. God, when are you going to destroy them? When are you going to judge them? God, where are you, God? Perhaps that's a question that David had. God, where are you? Throughout Psalms, we can see that God, that, that David says, God, you turn my, your back against me. You are not responding to me. Are those valid questions? Yes. Are those right reasons? Yes. But he said, no, God, I will wait on you. I want to do what you want to do. God, I know that you have better plans than I do. There's a point where the disciples ask Jesus, should we just pray for fire and kill these people? And he said, no, no. That's not the right reason. That's not the reason. The reason why Jesus Christ came from heaven and died for our sins is to give redemption. Regardless of how wicked people can be, regardless of how sinful people can be, regardless of the reasons that we might have to bring God's vengeance, we should stay holy and righteous. Instead of praying, God, destroy them. God, kick them away from this place. We should be praying, God, just as you redeem me, just as you save me, you can save them. One thing that I learned in Brownsville is that mindset, is that heart. When you start being righteous, God will give you his heart. You start seeing people, not as wicked, but as people that can be redeemed and that need salvation. I had a guy that he was a drug addict. On the weekends, he will go partying, smoking, uh, smoking crack, smoking weed. And Sunday, he was there. I couldn't kick him out. I could say, you know what? I don't want you here. I know you're smoking. I know you're in temptation. How many know that some people take more time than others? It took me time to understand that 
concept. Yet, God did not kill me or kick me out. You got to understand, you got to put yourself in other people's shoes to know exactly what they're going through. That's what Jesus saw. He saw the multitude. The disciples, they saw people with problems. Oh, there we go, more drama. Here comes the crackhead. But Jesus saw and had compassion toward them. That's the very viewpoint that we must have. If we are going to be righteous, righteousness is not just God kill him. Righteousness is God, if you save me, you can save them. We might not be agreeing with what leadership or authority might do. But we got to let God be God and do his own will. Otherwise, we are going to become like Saul, trying to kill everything that is on our way. God, this is not right. I'm going to kill him. God, fire, another uh, tsunami, whatever the case uh, be. We might see that God is taking longer, and we might feel that God is delaying himself. But what we know as delaying, he is basically having mercy for us and for others. That's what it is. We might be saying, God, why are you not judging them? Maybe he's not judging them because he's having mercy. He's just giving time for them to repent. Because that's the goal at the end of the uh, at the end of the uh, of the point that God, this time is for us to repent. This time is the time for us to consider and look into our hearts and get right with God. Because when tribulation comes, that will be the time of judgment. And you and I, we don't want to be there. We don't want to be there judged by Jesus and the angels to come. There are going to be demons getting loose. Suffering that we haven't seen. You think 9-11 is worse? You think uh, the imploding of um, Titanic was worse? There's worse thing to come. But unless we are righteous, unless we practice holiness, unless we adopt holiness, we might fall short. Jesus said, forgive your enemies. Forgive those that have attacked you. Pray for them. Love them. Regardless of what they had done to you, regardless of what they had said to you, regardless of how you feel about a certain situation, you must obey God. Psalms 57, 1, 3 says, Be merciful to me. Be merciful to me. For in my soul takes refuge. For you, for in you in my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge. Till the storms of destruction, destruction pass by, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame he who tramples on me. God will send out his steadfast love and faithfulness. That is the very mentality that David had. This was written in the cave. God, no matter what, no matter what reason I have, no matter uh, what choice can I make, I will choose to obey you. Because you, God, will trample on those that had trampled on me. Maybe not right now, but eventually you will be the judge, not me. 
With that said, I want every head bow, every eye closed. A very simple message on holiness, personal holiness, offenses, violations, situations, lie will put you in a stress, in a moment, in a heated situation where you might have the reasons to react and to act not in a holy and righteous way. Yet, God has mercy upon you and I. God has mercy upon the offender, the offended, and those that are wicked. For that very reason, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. Because we are sinful people. Because without him, we are destined to be condemned. Our heart is deceitful. Our heart will take us into places where there's going to be more pain, more suffering, more anxiety, more oppression, depression. But Jesus has seen us and he had compassion. He said, I will die for you. He was on the cross thinking of the very moment where you were suffering, when I was suffering. And he said, I'm dying for you because you are worth it to die for. Now there's one thing that separates you and I from God, and that is sin, our heart, our nature. You are here in this place. You haven't repented and accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This is the moment, regardless of what people had said in the past, regardless of what people had told you in the past, maybe they had said you are worthless. Jesus said you are worth it. That's you. You are here in this place. Your heart is not right. Your life is not right with God. This is the opportunity that you and I have with a recent hand. Can you say, that's me, pastor. That's me, preacher. I see that hand. Anyone else. God is looking for honest hearts. There's no one perfect in this place. There's no one good except God. You and I fall short of God's grace. Don't let this be your case. Don't be like Saul that he didn't repent it. He didn't get to see what God has for him. You're not right. You're not right with God. Your heart is not right with God. With a recent hand, can you say that's me? God only wants to redeem your life. Restore what has been taken away from you. With a recent hand, can you say that's me? Don't let this moment be your last moment. What if you die today? What if you are in front of God in this very moment? Would he say, come, faithful servant, or depart from me, for I never knew you? With a recent hand, can you say that's me, preacher? Perhaps you are backslidden. The Bible mentions a time where the prodigal son went away from the father's house. You don't have to be physically out of the house of the Lord to be backslidden. Many times, the places in life will put a distance between you and God, between you and authority, and that, that is what leads you and I to be backslidden. 
when we no longer respect or have reverence towards authority and God. Maybe you are in that place. In your heart, you are backslidden because God didn't answer a prayer, because God didn't prosper your life, because God has, hasn't moved for you. With that, with that said, lift your hand. Can you say that's me? I'm backslidden. My, my heart is not right. I see that and someone else. God is dealing with your heart. Don't be afraid to just, we just want to pray for you. We're not going to put you in the microphone. We are not going to put you on the spot. We just want to pray for you. I want to switch to the Christians. Time after time, we are going to be offended. Time after time, we are going to have the right reasons to overreact, to respond in, not a, in a not so holy or righteous way. But that doesn't mean that we are right. We can be justified, but we, that, that doesn't mean that we are right. God is calling us to be righteous, to have personal holiness. And this is the perfect opportunity to come before God and say, God, forgive me for I haven't kept my heart right and for I haven't kept my holiness. I want to open the altars and this is the time to speak to God. The altars are open.